transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. It's getting cold out here. At night, anyway. The days are fair as long as that sun's on you. You hardly notice it's chilly out. But coming around the wash into the shady part behind the boulders and good lord, it's like a bucket of cold water dropped down your shirt. Well, here we are, a year later. And supposedly there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's what I see in the newspapers. Which means, as far as I can tell, four or five or six months more of people yelling at each other on the TV and that endless game they play with the sanity of the entire human population. Remember when the pandemic began a year ago now and in the first city it hit hard across the seas they just built a 10,000 bed hospital overnight? That doesn't even come up in America. Of course it's bad if we're out of hospital beds over at the regional corporate medical center. This being America, that's pretty much the end of the story, though. At least we have lots of vacant commercial space to turn into field hospitals or whatever. I drive around Yucca Valley and 29 Palms and I find myself playing a a sad little game called Retail Bingo. You ever do that? Try to find a retail space that still has a business in it. A business that's still open. Corporate chains not included. Out here in the rural west, half the spaces were vacant before the pandemic. You remember that? And now it's worse now that the pandemic has finished off the small businesses that have held on through years and decades of vulture capitalist retail bingo. The only new businesses you see, they get a new space and fresh plastic signs and all that are the bottom feeder chains. The Family Dollar, and the Dollar General, and Dollar City, and Dollar Town. The ones that turn up after 
All the local groceries have been shut down. The ones that turn up after Walmart has gotten rid of just about everything else. Home Depot, what does that even mean? Is that like a train depot? I see no homes arriving and no homes departing. Just a lot of alleged contractors walking around with their chin diapers pulled low, sucking on sports drinks. What sport is that anyway? What sport is that called? In America, a contractor is somebody who did so poorly in every aspect of life that there's nothing left but uh, let them come into your house and break everything while you're not there. Contractors love to give you medical and science opinions too, which is kind of a lot coming from somebody who last looked at a science book the month before they turned 16 and could finally drop out. Not that I blame them. Another year watching inspirational videos from the PE teacher on your laptop, I'd rather eat fiberglass. And at least if you ask a contractor what they do, there's an answer that can be understood. Yes, these people who work at home on the Zoom and get full benefits. Hey, what do you do? And they just kind of beat around the bush for five or ten minutes and you realize that they don't know either. Anyway, as always, I recommend hiding out in a cozy little desert cabin with maybe a three-quarter bathroom and a good dog or two. Just stay out of the way until this blows over. In another couple of hundred years. some good news from our local land trust the other day they are regularly a source of good news and I mentioned it on the internet and of course somebody sent me a message saying well that's not very many acres at all and everything's doomed etc just blocked that person but first of all it's a piece of the puzzle part of these wildlife corridors connecting bigger chunks of open wilderness 200 acres there 50 there maybe a whole 640 acres section over here get this or that agency to turn over this or that piece 
and before too long, you've got a lot of the map in good shape around where you live. Or where you like to spend your leisure time. Or where you just like to think about. It's nice to know it's out there. It's my favorite kind of progress because nothing happens to the land. Nobody builds another dumb suburban development named after the place it just destroyed. Nobody builds a new Home Depot to serve the suburban development that's going to empty out as soon as the next foreclosure wave begins. And other than some on-the-ground restoration of some native plants, maybe some monitoring of this or that, counting the birds, cleaning up all the old garbage from the other Home Depot that people dumped out there when the stuff broke the day the warranty ended. The land stays the way it's supposed to be, shared with us humans as a place to walk, to climb, to explore, to do your religious rituals. Clean up after yourself when you're doing your religious rituals. We do appreciate it. A place to gaze at and wonder, a place to get lost. Maybe they'll never find you. Wouldn't that be nice? They're never gonna collect on that student loan now, are they? So I was talking with this reporter way out in Brooklyn last week, and I'm doing this because we have a a new book out. It's Desert Oracle Volume 1, Strange True Tales of the Desert Southwest. And he asked about the land conservation problems facing the California desert, and I said, you know what? Things are actually looking good in that department. Thanks to the work of a lot of people over many decades, much of the open desert in California and Nevada is going to stay mostly that way. Of course, you have to fight for every acre, every inch. But it's good work. It's satisfying work. It's morally sound. And when you look at the public lands map of America, as as Brendan Cummings from the Center for Biological Diversity showed us last week, during this program we did with the Mojave Desert Land Trust, We are blessed with a whole lot of open country. The Mojave and Great Basin, mostly home sweet home for me, those two deserts. There's national forests, national monuments, national parks, federally protected wilderness, state parks, wild and scenic rivers. California and Nevada have a lot more people than they did 40 years ago when I first started rambling around this landscape. 
And a really surprising amount of it is still there. We need it. It's a carbon sink, as I probably say too often here, but it's true and it matters. Like the Amazon or the piney forest and the mountains. It's the last great refuge of the continental United States. It's the last place where you can easily get lost and die and never be found. Or make people think that. God bless it. Whatever God you like. Personally, I'm fond of Saint Minerva, our ancient goddess of the Mojave and deserts everywhere. Like all the old ones, the spirits of place, you want to stay on her good side. These sounds you're hearing along with your host The sounds are by Red Blue Black Silver You know if I don't get through some of this mailbag by the end of the year they're going to make me get a smaller mailbox, so let, let's give it a try here. Let's see, this is from D, I believe. And it's a postcard that says Secret Societies. There's a couple of Jawas, and there's the all-seeing eye, and there's a skull on a secret book. Sent on 13 October 2020. It's a lucky day for all of us. Hey, Ken Lane, we were wondering if you knew anything about the St. Thomas ghost town that has reappeared recently after being destroyed in the Hoover Dam flood in the 1930s or 40s. Hope you're in good spirits. That's from Christine. No, I don't know anything about this. I'm going to put out the word. I know we have some listeners in Boulder City and that general area. Let me know what's going on. If a ghost town named St. Thomas has reappeared mysteriously, I'm going to have to get right out there. I'm going to have to skip the dental hygienist or something. 
This postcard has a, a picture of a Joshua tree and some boulders and the Milky Way at night, which is something you can really see out here on a moonless night, which isn't this week. Hail fellow traveler, my good friend Ross L. Introduce me to your podcast, Zines, and monumental book, Dignity. We were among the unfortunate, fortunate masses who traveled to California for the live taping of the radio show last July. Unfortunate because, of course, it was canceled, and fortunate because it still gave us the opportunity to camp under the vast blanket of celestial bodies in Death Valley, Mojave, and Joshua Tree. My favorite night was the one we spent out at the foot of the Kelso Dunes, admiring the very visible Jupiter and Saturn. It got me thinking about what else might be up there. In your expertise, what do you make of the Nibiru? Nibiru. I don't know how to say this, I'm sorry. Conspiracy. The idea that there might be other planets hidden in our own solar system. Regardless, I really dug the Halloween shows. Keep doing what you're doing. Your Texas comrade, Ethan. You know, I remember seeing that stuff show up on uh, UFO message boards in the early 2000s. You gotta go look through those things sometimes, otherwise you won't know what's going on in the sky. It's not like there's an official place to report a mysterious, glowing, hovering, silent, triangular thing with a big eye in the middle of it. But I don't think there's much to that. I mean, you got astronomers and astrophysicists basically climbing over each other with knives in their teeth for the chance to discover and name any new astronomical body. You think they're going to hide a planet? That's probably the only way you get tenure in that field. I'm not going fast enough, am I? Uh, this is a, a, the old Citizen Times newspaper building in Asheville, North Carolina. Dearest Mr. Oracle, I have been enjoying your show for many years from out here in Asheville. Just wanted to say that I am deeply in love with both you and Red, Blue, Black, Silver. Your show is one of the highlights of my week. Cheers, fellas. Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you, Chelsea. I, w- I always got to share everything with a red, blue, black, silver. Dear Desert Oracle, thank you for what you do on the radio and podcast. I grew up in L.A. hiking in the Mojave often. I am now a park ranger. Based out of Moab. I've also worked in the Sonoran Desert, on the Great Plains, in the mountains, and elsewhere. 
and was trying to explain to a room full of other Colorado Plateau Rangers how the Mojave just feels different. I struggled for the words, but a former Death Valley Ranger got it and recommended I listen to your show. You capture the spirit of that desert better than anything or anyone else I know. It brings me right back to the feeling of being out there. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I love I love hearing from rangers. That's morally sound work. No matter how bureaucratically annoying it can be. Especially these past years, I know. Um, our good friend C. Del Desierto sent just an atrocious picture of a Joshua tree surrounded by household trash. Uh, some mattresses, uh, like a Costco lounger that it looks like somebody died in because there's all this fluid kind of from the seat and then leaking out on the ground below. I guess that's blood. Looks sort of like where I used to live. Uh, by feeling. It says, photo from an odd job. Hesperia, California, 2020. Yeah, that's close enough. Uh, there's, a, there's a grizzly bear on this one. It says, dangerous. Dear Ken, greetings from Victoria, B.C., Canada. Oh, I love Victoria. British Columbia. I haven't been there in a couple of years. I went to Joshua Tree for the first time last summer, but I did not hear about Desert Oracle until I got back home from my trip. I love the desert so much and had a wonderful stay there. I was hoping to come back this summer, but travel may not be possible, unfortunately. I listen to the podcast as soon as a new one comes out, and I dream of my time in Joshua Tree. I can't wait to read the new book. I wish I was there. Sincerely, Jessica Jessica, it's funny because often in the summertime here, I wish I was in Victoria. Especially up in the woods, a little north up the island from town, but oh, I love that town too. So maybe we can trade. I'll go there and you can come here. You gotta feed my, uh, my Roadrunner. You feed it by just staying inside and watching it kill things.
This has been Desert Oracle, and I'm your host, Ken Lane. We broadcast from Joshua Tree in the Great Mojave Wilderness on Friday nights in the high desert. You can listen to us on the good old FM radio. That's the best way. 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. in Joshua Tree. Other times in other markets. Especially if you're in the podcast market. We have a podcast available wherever you get them. I apologize in advance for the upcoming week of book publicity. It's how it goes. So if you follow us on social media, please be patient. It only lasts a week. You don't have to unfollow us or cancel your subscription or report us to the sheriff. We're just trying to sell a book for the holidays. Remember the holidays? Remember giving? It seems like Giving Tuesday was only this week. We have a website, DesertOracle.com, where you can subscribe to our magazines, of course. But there's also a blog for this radio show with details about each show, strange pictures, photographs, links to all kinds of absurdities you may want to investigate during your late night rabbit hole dives on the internet speaking of rabbits I was sad to find one of the rabbits that lives on this property where I live dead I think I got hit by something I was feeling bad for it but in the morning it was all gone and the ravens were finishing up the scraps. I found just a little tuft of a cottontail. Good night from the voice of the desert. <laughs> <laughs>